welcome everyone this morning. And if you are a guest with us today, we are so happy to have you in service with us today. If you're watching us online, wherever you may be watching from, we welcome you as a part of this service. I want to mention one more thing to you before I uh, move on to the sort of the main thing that I have to share with you this morning. We are going to be launching our next round of life courses. Uh, they're going to be starting uh, sometime next month, depending on the, the class and the schedule of that class. These these classes are awesome uh, settings for you to be in to learn and grow and develop. Just to give you an idea of a couple of the life courses that we're going to have this go around. Uh, one of them is going to be Children of the Covenants, and this is some great stuff to learn about your relationship with God and, and what all that means. Another one's going to be The Gospel Has a House Key. Another one's going to be Wild at Heart, uh, the Conquer series that we did last year for men um, dealing with pornography, overcoming pornography. There is a part two to that series. It's going to be one of our life courses. Another one's going to be Lady in Waiting. Um, and there's even more than this. I'm just giving you a sampling. And then I know a lot of you have heard about the Real Colors um, assessment tool that's been used the last several months with leadership. There's going to be uh, two opportunities for you to participate uh, in a Real Colors workshop. And this would be a great thing for you to do so that... More and more of us are understanding each more each other better and and uh, helping us as we go along. It's great for relationships on a daily basis as well. So there are catalogs that are available after service that have all of the courses listed as well as the um, a description and times and locations of those. Some of them are here. Some of them will, I think, be at other locations. They're at different times of the week, which is really kind of based on the, the facilitator's availability. But you can get a catalog, and you can also register for those today if you'd like to. There is a set number of participants per class, and uh, so we would encourage you not to wait um, too long, you may miss a, a great opportunity. Amen. Let me read a verse to you, and then we'll let you be seated. These are the last words. It's actually the last verse of the Apostle Peter's epistle. Of the two epistles that he wrote, this is the last verse of all of that. And this is what he says. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. The Amplified Bible says it this way, but grow in grace, undeserved favor. Next slide, please. Spiritual strength and recognition and knowledge and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. To Him be glory, honor, majesty, and splendor, both now and to the day of eternity. Grow in grace, undeserved favor, spiritual strength, recognition, knowledge, and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything that you've done to bring us to this day. Thank you for what you're doing today, and I thank you for what you're going to do in our future, God. You have ordered our steps. Your word promises that every individual steps are ordered by you, and I thank you for that today. 
I pray, God, that you would continue to lead us and guide us. I pray that you would help us today, that we would continue to be a part of what your goal, your desire is for us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Last words are typically considered to be very significant, whatever the setting is. Maybe that's the conclusion of a speech or the ending of someone's life or whatever the circumstances are, you, you, you pay attention to the last words. And, and out of all the things that Peter could have said under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And you could look at some of the other epistles and get an idea of some of the things that Paul said at the conclusion of his epistles and James and John said at the conclusion of their epistles. But for Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, his final words was an instruction to you and I. Grow. This is our theme for this year, I believe, by the direction of the Spirit of the Lord. And I want you to understand this. I want to make this point quickly, and I want you to please hear me and keep this not too far in the back of your mind. I want you to understand that this theme, this word, has nothing to do with numerical growth. I got a feeling there's a really good chance for somebody, probably more than one person, I'd be very surprised if somebody didn't see this word this morning and the primary context you thought of it at first was numerically. And obviously that's growth, and that is a part of growth, but I believe that it doesn't take much to demonstrate from the Scripture that that really is ultimately a product of the growth that we're really talking about. Because as you and I as individuals grow in our relationship with God, as we grow in our walk with God, as we grow in our knowledge and our understanding of the Word of God and, and a relationship with God and ministry, etc., etc., the result of that is going to be an outward numerical growth. Because the bottom line is you can't grow in your relationship with Jesus and become more like him and not do what he wants you to do and not love what he loves and not care about what he cares about. I think it's very easy and I believe there have been times in my leadership and years of pastoring that I have done this. If we're not careful, we can, we can get the cart before the horse. And we can focus more on producing results than we can focus on going through the process that will produce the results. And so Peter gives an instruction. He says, I want you to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That word there, knowledge, is not simply about knowledge in the head. There's a lot of things you and I know today that we have never experienced. I, I shared this somewhere the other day. I don't remember if it was in a service or in a meeting or what, so forgive me if it was in a service, but I was listening to 95.1 a couple of weeks ago, and in the evening time, several nights a week, they have uh, several different speakers several that are on, and they share messages and and I happened to be listening and it was Dr. Tony Evans and he was he was making the point about Jesus knowing and understanding where you and I are what we go through what we feel what we experience and he used I thought was a phenomenal analogy <laughs> he says if you're a lady that's in labor having a baby and you've got a male doctor and that doctor tells you I understand what you're going through right now you want to smack him upside the head. You do not understand what I'm going through. Now, if you got a female doctor that's had children and she says that, you know that she understands. There is experiential 
knowledge. That's why I, I have made it a point a long time ago. I don't tell people when what they're going through, well, I understand what you're going through. I don't. If I've never been through it, I definitely don't understand. Now, I can imagine and try to imagine, but I don't, I can't say that I understand. And then the, the bottom line is, even if I've been through what you're going through, the way it affects each one of us can be very different. But he does understand. He does know. In fact, he is touched by what we go through. And all of that to make the point, this word knowledge here, again, it's not just about information and head knowledge. It is experiential knowledge. So Peter is saying, I want you to grow not just in your knowledge of God. I I want you to grow in your experience with God. I, I want you to grow in your relationship with God. I want you to have your own personal understanding of what it means to have a relationship with God, of what it means to pray and get answers to your prayers and what it means for God to minister through you. I want you to grow experientially. And I think the young men on the video that was shown said it well. Spiritually speaking, when you stop growing, dead. Now, naturally speaking, we don't grow, at least in height, all of our lives. We may expand our horizons all of our lives, but we don't, we don't grow vertically all of our lives. In fact, it's not uncommon that you actually begin to diminish in height at some point. So, naturally speaking, we, we are not created to grow indefinitely. But spiritually speaking, if you're not growing, dead. I love the way that was put. Not You don't die, dead. Just dead. That's it. There is never a point in our walk with God that we should stop growing. It doesn't matter if it's the day you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost or if you've had the Holy Ghost for 85 years. You are not supposed to stop growing and developing in your walk with God. Your knowledge of God and His Word should never reach a maximum. Your knowledge of, of a relationship with God should never stop. Your knowledge and experience of God working through your life should never stop. Peter said it this way in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 2, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Now, I know, i, I got to tell you, I think I've heard this verse used a lot of times in the context of really in kind of a negative way. Well, as newborn babes, but then you're supposed to go on to meet, and you are. But the more I looked at this verse, I don't think this is something that's really ever intended to be used in a negative connotation. Peter was saying the way in which, in fact, I'll read the Living Bible. It says it, I think, a little, little more clearly. As newborn babes, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Long to grow, desire to grow into the fullness of your salvation. Cry for this as a baby cries for his milk. What Peter was saying was you, you, you need to grow and, and the desire that you, you should, you should have should be like the desire of an infant that is hungry. And cries until the older you get, the less you're allowed to complain about being hungry. The older you get, the more you're supposed to control. But there's a bunch of folks that know what it means to get hangry. If you've never heard that term, my new word for you for the day is hangry. That is somebody who is so hungry they have become angry. You do not want to be around them. They are grumpy. They are gripey. They are, oh my goodness. 
I know some hangry. I'm not calling any names today, but I know some people that get hangry. That, that's what, what Peter is saying is your desire and hunger should be such that it, that it cries out of you like a baby that is hungry and will not be satisfied. And, and that's the kind of desire that you and I ought to have in our growth and our understanding, our knowledge, our relationship with Jesus Christ. As newborn babes, the way in which newborn babes hunger and express that hunger, that should be our desire. You know, the the Word of God is absolutely an amazing thing. I've been born and raised in church. My dad, founder, founding pastor of this church, my mother, the co-pastor, all four of my grandparents were preachers. Uh, I, I, I've, I've been in this all my life. I, I don't know how many thousands of messages and things I've heard taught and preached, combination of live and in person and things that I have watched and listened to on my own. I, I guarantee thousands and thousands. It's probably in the tens of thousands. And what is so amazing to me is especially, it's one thing when you come across a verse that you've, you, you've read, but you know, it's sort of an isolated verse and God shows you something about that and there's revelation there and that's amazing. But I, I tell you what, what amazes me even more is when there is a verse that you have heard or read hundreds and hundreds of times. You've heard it preached on dozens of times. And all of a sudden you see something new and different about it. And you know what? That's not intended to be the experience of the preacher. That's not intended by God to be the experience of the pastor alone. That's what God intends for every believer. That as you grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, you for yourself are going to be sitting there in his word and go, Wow, I've heard that before. I've heard that preached before, but I've never thought of it in this way. I've never seen it applied in this way. i got to tell you, I've had a lot of awesome experiences, but that's one of the most wonderful experiences of my life. And again, that's not supposed to be for the pastor. That's not supposed to be for the evangelist. That is supposed to be for the believer. Because when Peter said, grow in grace and in the knowledge, he was not talking to a select few people. He was talking to saints. He was talking to all saints. That you are to grow in grace and in the knowledge. And you are supposed to be hungry for that growth in the same way that an infant grow or hungers and expresses their discontent when they are hungry. Now here's the thing, Matthew 6 and 27 says this, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? Which of you by taking thought can add, I I found something out several days ago and looking at this verse a little bit more, I've always heard it, read it and applied it this way, but the scholars say in the context of this, he really wasn't talking about your height. He was actually talking about adding days and time to your life. But let's, let's, let's look at it strictly from this context. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit, that's a biblical term of measurement, unto his stature? Which of you, by thinking about it, can cause yourself to grow? I am a living witness. I am a living testimony that you can't. I've kind of been right on the border. I've never been teased one time for being short, but nobody has ever mistaken me for being tall, except a couple of places I have traveled in my ministry. I enjoyed being there thoroughly because I became tall. One place we were at, Esther was with me. She was 10 years old, 10 years old, 10 years old. Got that? 10 years old. And she had teenagers hitting on her. 
because she was as tall as they were. <laughs> I'm calling any names of places, whatever, so don't get, you know. I've never, I've never. That's the problem with comparison. It's it's kind of all it's it's relative. And I, I could find I could pick out people this morning. I could come have some of you come stand up here and, and have you stand next to me and I would be tall. And then there's a whole lot of other people in this room I could bring up here and stand next to you and I would quickly become short. And so I can tell you, I was I was Growing up, basketball was my favorite sport. It was my favorite sport. For some reason, I don't know why, but God chose not to make me tall, and he didn't choose to make me fast. Usually, if you're not necessarily tall, you're usually pretty quick. I was neither. And I can remember in high school, starting around, you know, my first year of high school, especially from then on, I, I, you know, we, we, we started coming into basketball season and I'd see guys that we played against last year that had a growth spurt. In ninth grade, I'm like, that's all right, man, mine's coming. It's probably this year. I come back in 10th grade. I see guys that had their growth spurt. Well, that's all right. It's coming. You know, I, I had a decent game back then. I, I, I had, I had a pretty good jumper back then. I, and I could, I could play fairly well. Man, if I just had some height. So, you know, 11th, 11th grade, that's going to be my year. Came back 11th grade. I saw guys in 11th grade that were three feet shorter than me the year before that are now four feet taller than me. That's all right. Mine's coming. I mean, my dad's six foot one. Guaranteed it's coming. Not going to worry about the fact that my grandfather was about 5'4", my dad, that my dad was 6'1". <laughs> Senior high came and went. Well, basketball's over with. I'm not playing competitive basketball anymore, but my growth spurt is still coming. I'm really not joking. I'm really not saying this to be funny, to make a point. God alone knows the depths of struggles that I went through over this. I literally, all the way into my 20s, probably at least into my mid-20s, I was still expecting. You know what I mean? David Robinson didn't, he had this crazy growth spurt after he got to the Naval Academy. So I'm like, all right, I'm not playing ball anymore, but still, it's coming. It was, it was a major, it really was a major struggle, an internal struggle. So I can tell you, you cannot, by thinking alone add and the bottom line is from my understanding and knowledge you don't determine your height god decided before you were born drink all the coffee you want to drink it's not going to stunt your growth (laughs) whatever else all those old wives wives tales that are used to get kids to do what you don't have the guts just to make them do i was just kind of slipped that in Doesn't matter. You can't. I got a feeling I'm not the only one in here that's been through a similar struggle and you can. That's why I think one of the dumbest things in the world is when somebody tall makes fun of somebody short. Like you did anything to be that. Like I did anything to be this. Bottom line is I can get to your knees a whole lot better. So you better shut up because I'm about to break them. Nothing else, I'm going to bite your ankles. (laughs) But, But here's the problem, folks. Here's the problem. Spiritually speaking, that is not the case. You and I don't determine what God created us to do. You and I don't determine our God-given purpose. That's from God. But the degree to which we grow and develop is not on God. That is on you and I. So while I may have stopped growing a long time ago, naturally speaking, I should never stop growing and developing in my relationship with God, in my walk with God, in my ministry, in my knowledge, in my understanding of the Word of God. I 
can be as tall as I'm hungry to be. And so here's also the thing. While you and I can do nothing to cause ourselves to grow. Anybody ever here tried that hanging thing? I never actually did that one. I made mine more spiritual. I actually tried to make some bargains with God. I really, I'm not joking. I know you may think I'm just trying to give, you know, be be dramatic here for the sake of my examples and my, I'm telling you that God, I tried to make some agreements with God. Listen, God, if you'll just let me be six foot one, I promise you I will do this for the rest of my life. Here I am. My 12-year-old brother was basically as tall as me when I got married. Here I am as a 20-year-old getting married. I was going to say 20-year-old kid, but I don't want to inf- uh, insult anybody, so I won't say I was a 20-year-old kid. Cause... And there my 12-year-old brother is almost eye to eye. You can't, naturally speaking. But spiritually speaking, it's up to you and it's up to me. And the bottom line is this, spiritually speaking. No, not just by thinking about it, not just by taking thought, but you and I have things that are available from God for us to do so that we can add to our stature and we can grow spiritually and that is on us and up to us. I have I have a question. How many of you here today? I'm not qualifying or quantifying this. This is just a, a a basic question with no strings attached. How many of you here today have a hunger and a desire to grow spiritually in your walk with God, your relationship with God? I think basically every hand in this place, and I really wouldn't expect anything different. Now, now I have a question, and, and this, this, is, this may be a little more awkward for somebody to answer, but I have a feeling there'll be more than one person, so I'm encouraging you not to be embarrassed. But to, how many of you just raised your hand? How many of you have ever been frustrated or even discouraged because you have that desire, but you struggle with the how? That's almost, just about almost all the hands that were up the first time. It's not that you don't want to. It's not that you're not hungry to. It's it's not that you don't have, like Peter said, that hunger as an infant does. You just, how do I do that? What do, What do I do? How do I do it? And, and, and the frustrating thing is a lot of times, and I, I know I've made this mistake as a, as a pastor, a lot of times we, we can sort of put that on the individuals. And yes, there is an element of desire that if you don't have it, what is the, what is one of the primary things God used in scripture as an, as an, as an analogy of what we are? A couple people said it. Can a few more say it with confidence? Sheep. I think that was Moses' um, speech impediment. He spent 40 years as a shepherd. He didn't think he could talk to Pharaoh. Hmm. Although, side note, side note, but hear this. If you, if you go to the book of Acts, I believe it is, the book of Acts will tell you that Moses actually was a man who was eloquent of speech. Initially, Moses was a very eloquent man. You know, one reason God had to take Moses to the wilderness for 40 years, because he needed to get him to a place where he didn't rely upon himself. Be careful when you are eloquent. Skilled and talented, because God may take that away from you if you rely upon it. Okay, back to the message. 
what was the point we're getting back to? <laughs> she, there we go. Literally, every time I preach and teach the last several months, I do this. I don't know why. There's still obviously an element of pride that is trying to be squished out. <laughs> Sheep. And one of the one of the one of the defining qualities or characteristics of sheep is is they're helpless. And they need a shepherd to lead them. And so many times we're frustrated because we don't want we don't know what to do and while it is our job to have a desire as a newborn babe does for the milk of the word and the meat of the word so that we can grow thereby how to do that is not always clear to us i i realize i want you to please hear me out here i realize that in the last several months i have promoted today and 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 encouraged you and made today uh out to be a very important day and it is but but i I will tell you if you don't really hear me in the next few moments some of you and i say some because we've we've had we started wednesday night with our leadership summit and 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 what i'm about to present to you or share some things with you we've been through and man there's some uh, from people that have been around for years senior leaders that the excitement and the hunger that I've heard from them. So, so, so I say that to say, if, if your response is, what, really, all this was that? Because here's the problem. Here is the problem. There are no magical solutions. There are no pumpkins to become stagecoaches. There are no mice to become thoroughbred horses. God designed that our growth and development is a process. And there's really no shortcuts. So I want you to understand this morning and tonight, today, this week, is not about presenting to you a magical solution. It's not about presenting to you a program. It is about helping more than ever before to provide direction and a process and a and and in essence a clear path that if you've got the hunger like a newborn babe does and the desire then the second question is not going to be an issue anymore the first question we can keep asking how many of you are hungry and hopefully want to know more and we will continue to get hands but I am trusting and believing that from this day forward as we move forward the second question is going to be less and less of an issue That it will become apparent that if you as an individual are not growing and developing, it is not because the how-to is not available. I want you to understand this also, and this is a concept, a principle by which I try to live in my pastoring. How many of you have two-plus children? You've had two-plus... How many of you that have had two plus children, what worked with the first one worked exactly the same for the second one? How many of you what worked with the first one worked for the fifth one? How many of you what worked for the first one, absolutely none of it worked for the second one? (laughs) Why? Because they're individuals. They're unique. It's not the same. There's this pattern I've noticed. It happened in our house, and I've noticed it in many other houses. The first child comes along, and they are an angel. Male or female, they're an angel. They eat regularly. They sleep through the night from the day you bring them home. They don't make a peep until the morning time, and they lay there just cooing until you finally decide to feed them, and you feed them, and they go right back to sleep for five more hours until the next time to eat, and you wake them up, and they got a little bit of a dirty diaper and a wet diaper, and you change that, and you go through it again, and you do that for about three or four months, and you're like, man, this is so awesome. we got to have more. If this is what this is all about, we, this is awesome. Let's go, man. We're going to be a baby factory in this house. (laughs) 
And the next one comes along and that wrench that Gabby talked about being able to use, they are born with that wrench because they throw a wrench in everything. Three o'clock in the morning, please just sleep for five minutes as the angel is in the other room sound asleep still. You deceived me. Doesn't work. We're unique. Different. That's why I'm old school, but I was new school as well. All old school. All we ever did was spank. Well, that's, if it works, use it. If it doesn't work, it might just be abuse. <laughs> or a release of your frustration, one or the other. <laughs> so my, my point is, there is, there's no way, because the Bible uses natural things to demonstrate spiritual things, there's no way to say, here, all 150 plus of you here this morning, this is what you do, and you can't do that. The pace at which you grow and develop is, no matter what our hunger is, the pace at which God develops and grows us is, is not going to be exactly the same. Some people take a deep breath and jump in the deep end the first Sunday, the first, the first service, the first, as soon as they get the Holy Ghost, they jump in. Other people, they get the Holy Ghost and they spend a couple of months. A couple more months, maybe sometimes it's a couple years and they take another step. And then finally they end up hopefully getting all the... But it's not the same. And God knows that. That's why, to me, one of the beautiful things about the Word of God is it is based on principles. It's not based on specific rules. That That's why if you know, well, is this a sin or not? Well, it doesn't say anything about it in the Bible. No, but I guarantee you there's a principle about it. So there's there's no program. There's no There's no... I asked the leaders the other night, where did, where did you get your parental certificate from before you brought them home? It's amazing to me, two of the most challenging and important things that we do in life are the two things that have pretty much no requirements for. Go get married, have kids. Those are two of the most important and challenging things you ever do. And you don't have to have any training or education, just go do it. But you learn. There's a lot of great parents sitting in this room today, not because you were educated on how to do it, but you learned. You developed. You grew. You figured it out. But I do believe there needs to be a path that we can understand. So I, I want you to, I want you now to pick up that little piece of paper that was given. I read a verse the other day, the leadership I came across it a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not going to go to it. I just I'm going to reference it. But but in 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 I think it's Genesis chapter two, it says something along these lines. I'm paraphrasing, very much paraphrasing. Everything for growth and life was in the earth. The seed, the potential for things to grow, for plants and things to grow, it was in the earth. But it did not grow until there was a man. To till the earth. So the implication is everything needed was there, but until there was something to take care of what was there, God didn't let it grow. And I think it's the same way in your life and my life. There are things that God has already put within us, but if we're not going to till the earth, if we're not going to take care of it and do what is necessary, God's not going to bring those things to life. So it may lay there dormant forever. But if we demonstrate that we are not only hungry, but we are prepared and willing to take the steps that are needed, then God causes some things to come to life. Next slide, please. So what you have there is the first step of a process, not a program, a process. And it's also not the first step of a process that is 100% completely what it ever will be. You can't sit around and wait until everything is absolutely perfectly in order to do something. 
An object in motion is a lot easier to steer than an object that's not going anywhere. So I just want you to understand. But what what you see up on the screen is, I believe, a God-given process to help us. And I say us because from the guy holding the microphone all the way to somebody that maybe this is your first time to ever be here, but you are hungry and desire to grow in your relationship with God. That this is a, this is an, I guess I want to use this word, this is a path. You see those little check boxes that are on that card you have? Everybody notice those check boxes? That's not because it's a program to be accomplished. It's simply a process that if I believe, I said it a couple of weeks ago, now if you remember me saying it, I kind of slipped it in, but I said it a couple of weeks ago, I believe this could be the greatest year of growth in each one of our lives and our walk with God. And it's one thing to say that. It's another thing, how do I do that? I believe what I saw a few moments ago that just about every person in this room has a level of hunger to grow in your relationship and your walk with God. And that if you haven't been growing, the real issue is not your desire. It's where are the green pastures? (laughs) I'm a sheep. Show me the green pastures. And so this is a process and I'm not going to get all bogged down into details this morning. I'll get into some more tonight, but I, I want to just try to Hit the, hit the snapshot and what, what is most applicable to, to us that are gathered here this morning. But th- this is, this is a, this is intended to be some, some mile markers that you can use. The first step in that process, and so, uh, the point I was about to make, this, this is, this is, first and foremost intended to be how can we as a body make sure that we are doing our part to help every individual that wants to be a part of us know how to grow and develop. I believe there, please don't raise your hand right now, I really don't want you confirming it right now, even though I'm pretty sure some could. I think there's some people, you've been here, and some of you have been here for a while, that you would, you would, you would have to acknowledge, you know, it's been a little bit frustrating here. Because I want to grow, but I don't know what to do. What is, my, what is the step? And I'm here to acknowledge to you today, that's not on you. That's not your problem or your fault. Now, if things are made available to me and I don't take advantage of them, that is on me. So, we are going to be, and I know some of you have heard this term before, but it's, it's not the same thing. It's being done in a very different way. But we are we are going to be starting up uh, on Sunday mornings pre-service what is called Welcome to Antioch, and the goal is that every person, every brand new person that comes, whether it's a person that is uh, the term some use an unchurched person, or if you are already a believer, or if you are already an apostolic that coming to us from another church, we want everyone to participate in Welcome to Antioch. Because that's going to be a part of the start to make sure that we help to provide and communicate ways in which you can grow and mature in your walk with God. Since I've just mentioned it, I'll stay on it for a second. Welcome to Antioch is going to be a four-session deal that's going to take place on Sunday mornings at 9.15. By faith, this is going to be a continually going thing. I say by faith because the only reason it won't be is if we don't have people that are in need of it. Otherwise, it will be a continual thing on Sunday mornings um, by faith now until Jesus comes. It's going to be four weeks long, and the four things that are going to be covered in that is why am I here? First and foremost, not why am I here at this church, why am I here? To me, there's two, and this is really this is really a quick summary. There's two fundamentals of why you and I were born. One is to love God, to have a relationship with Him. What is the first and the greatest commandment? 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is like unto this. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I could, I think you could use a synonym for that, a one-word synonym, and that's ministry. So when you boil it down, I believe our two primary purposes for being born are to love God, have a relationship with Him, and then to love others. Be involved in loving others in whatever way in which God has created us to do that or intended for us to do that. So that's that's the primary context, not why are you here at this church. Number two, who are we? And this is going to cover not only some of our history and what what how we got here as a church, but it'll also be an overview of what it is that we believe. What do we believe the Bible says? What do we believe are the fundamental doctrines that we stand for? And then third week is going to be what do we do? And that's going to cover anything from our oikos, our small group structure, to youth ministry and celebrate recovery and all kinds of other things. It will be a purposeful communication of what goes on here. And then the fourth week is what's next. And depending on where you are in your walk with God or where a person is in their walk with God, will determine what's next. Some that are already born again and part of ministry other places that what's next for them may be moving into some kind of ministry if you're a first time if you'll look on that card there if this if if you're brand new we want you if you've not already had it or you're not in it we want you to get a home bible study so that may be what's next and then you'll go back for a moment to that previous screen and this is all just to give you an idea of where we are and what's coming. And there are beyond that another level of growth and development. And, and, and in that levels of growth and development, there's a variety of things that we're using, tools and ways in which you do that. Some of that is, is, uh, there's a, uh, uh, I don't want to, uh, uh, um, not a curriculum per se, but, um, a set of books that are called Living Logos that have a lot of great uh, material about a lot of different things, a lot of different fundamentals and principles and understanding the Word of God. And, and so some of those are a part of this process for you to read and work through and interact with, with your deacon that's your small group leader on. And others of these are going to be classes that are going to be available on uh, Thursday nights and eventually probably at other times. And then there's, there's some other video uh, courses and, and topics that will be available different ways um, and so there's a whole variety and then we're wanting you because again this is not about you getting knowledge this is about you being ultimately being equipped for ministry whatever your ministry whatever your god determined ministry is we're not we are members of the same body but we are different members if we were all a hand that would be freaky if we were just one eye, that would be odd. Here comes this big eye. We are members and we're different, but every one of us is a member with a place and a purpose. And so there are a variety of ways in which you can grow and develop. Oh, I'm sorry, let me finish my point. Practical application. There are things that we want to help guide you to do because it's not just an accumulation of knowledge and understanding. It's taking that and doing something with it. Life courses are a part of this process. And again, I'm, I'm going to go into some more details in depth tonight and over the coming weeks. I said it already and, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to wind down. But this, this, I, I need you to hear me. I really need you to hear me. Bottom line is what I just got through showing you or what's on the screen. That, that really is not what this is all about per se. What I mean by that is kind of going back to that verse I just mentioned. There wasn't a man to till the ground, and so God didn't do, God didn't cause to live what was there because there was nobody to take care of it. There was no plan to take care of it. 
And so a part of, part of what I mean by this week and this day being so significant is, is that I'll just keep it to the history of Antioch Central, which again, Antioch is celebrating 50 years, but Antioch Central, we're going on four years. So let's just, let's just, in, in the four years, almost four years of Antioch Central, to me, we have never been properly positioned like we are now becoming. And a part of what we're doing is demonstrating to God, not only for those of us that are already here, but those, of the, but those that you want to bring to us and those that are not a part of us, but you want to send to us. There is a man to till the ground. <laughs> there is a plan. We're not just speaking hypothetically. So um, I, I, I want you to hopefully catch that right now. said it already it's not about a program this is about demonstrating to God and providing to you and I so that our hunger is not frustrated so that our desire to grow does not diminish because we get too frustrated with not knowing how listen to what Psalm says in 92 and 12 the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The Amplified says it this way. This is awesome. The uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, and incorruptible. I don't know about you, but I would like that to be the description of me as an individual in my walk with God, and my relationship with God. Adam Clark says the nature of the tree of Lebanon, the nature of this tree is it is always green, yielding an odiferous smell, that's a good smell, and an excellent kind of fruit like unto apples, but of a sweeter taste and more wholesome. That is to be what you and I are. That palm tree, anybody know about a palm tree? No, a little bit of, some of you have seen it, but a palm tree, man, it can, it can withstand hurricane winds. It bends over. It may even be touching the ground, but when the winds stop, it just stands right back up. You don't get there by accident. You don't develop that kind of strength and, and that kind of walk with God by default. You and I have to invest in it. And we are instructed to grow. I think it's very unfair to say you need to grow and then say, good luck. So here we are. Let's grow. Let's individually grow. Again, I'm not saying we don't need to do certain things, evangelism, outreach, etc. That's not my point. But the bottom line is, I've already said it, if you and I grow in our relationship with God, there's a lot of other things that are an automatic byproduct. So, over the next, I intend probably starting no later than Tuesday, to be sharing some very brief videos that give a little more depth, a little more detail, cover a little more uh, understanding of, of, of the process. There's no way in this time this morning to go through all of that. If you're not on, the, on our Arnold Antioch Central distribution list for our email, you need to get on there because a link will be sent out that way. Um, we'll also use Realm as well if you're not a part of our, our church software uh, platform, you can do it that way, but I, I, I want to be able to give as much detail, but, but right now is just not the time and place, so if, if you're not on our email list, Esther is in the back, she'll be back there with the merchandise after service, and um, you can, you can well, maybe we should wait till later, because she'll be back there with the merchandise, <laughs> um, but we, we, we can get you added. At the conclusion of service, on each side of the platform, there's going to be um, two tables. There's going to be a table on each side, and there's going to be on that table a sample of, of some of the materials. Not only do you see on your card, but 
that are that are the other parts of this. So they're going to be there for you to browse. These are not for you to take. They're there for you to browse. Um, and there also will be some folks at those tables. If you'd like to ask some more questions about some of the logistics and, and practicality of how this is going to work, um, obviously there's a lot of details that are very important that, again, there's just no way to take the time to, to go through all of that this morning. But I'm encouraging you, if you're sitting there right now and you've got some questions and you're already hungry to know more, please come talk to one of these folks and they will help to give you some more understanding and guidance about what this is all about. Um, there will be order forms. So um, Spiritual Growth 1, which was up there on the on the middle card, is is one of the first steps or one of the first things we want people to be a part of in this process. Those books were supposed to be in by yesterday, and wouldn't you know it, they did not arrive. But you can purchase them in advance in the back, and um, we will have them by Thursday night, and so you can pick them up then. We also, looking on your card there, it says Bible introduction. Those are going to, those are in the same order and we're supposed to be here. So those two books are readily available. We were supposed to have them today and I apologize, but I would encourage you to go ahead and fill out a form and purchase those today and then Thursday night or next Sunday morning, you can pick up your copy of those and be ready to get moving. You're going to hear more from your deacon. Again, that's your small group leaders. They're going to be helping you with some of this and and some guidance and encouragement so you can talk to them as well. Um, And then there's also, if you're really interested, there's order forms for all of the material that you'll see available up here, but there's no, you're not required to purchase that. Now, I want to, I want you to understand this. Um, here's the bottom line. If we could provide all of this material to you for free, we wouldn't. I didn't stutter. We wouldn't. Because I've seen multiple times free things get left behind. Free things get lost. There's something about something you've got an investment in that causes you to care for it. So first and foremost, we would not. But secondly, I want you to know, and if you if you investigate this, you may see this, but we are, and I'll tell you how and why tonight, but we are providing everything we're going to be using with the living logos at a reduced price from what it actually costs. So... We are, we are doing that. Lastly, on that topic, if you honestly, truly are in a situation where you can't afford whatever the book you need, whatever the, whatever it is that's needed for the book you need to read through or the class to attend, if you honestly can't do that, if you will talk to us, one of the leadership, we will provide a way for you. Now, if we do that, and then next Sunday you come in with a brand new pair of Jordans, we're probably going to ask for the book back. It's kind of funny how when people don't have money for one thing, they have it for another. But in all sincerity, in all sincerity, if you can't do this because of a financial reason, the things that require that, we are here to help. We're here to help. And let me, one more, I think, well, sort of one more thing, and I'm, I'm quitting. But I, I, I want, everybody's got an iPhone. I want you to get it out. All iPhone. All you other folks will pray for you. <laughs> Whoever's got the mic, you know, that's their prerogative. But there's this thing about us not having time. I, I want you to see something. Hopefully I'm not the only one that this affects I want you to click on settings, and then I want you to scroll down just a short bit to where it says screen time, and I want you to click on screen time, and if yours is like mine, it's a it's the start of a new new week, but if you click on see all activity, you can go down, do-do-do-do, I thought you could click on see. Last week, am I missing it? Anybody see that? 
I'm on daily average. Ah, this week. There we go. Got it. You scroll down a little bit, you can then click on last week. I got a feeling there's a bunch of you that that blue category has got more than a few minutes. For you non-Apple people, the blue category is social networking. Entertainment, probably, and you can scroll down and get some more specifics. I have to, I have to acknowledge to you, a couple days ago I was really disturbed when I looked at my screen time report. And I looked at the cumulative amount of time that I wasted. I say that, I'm not trying to be heavy-handed or, or, or negative here, but I want to challenge you a lot of time. Well, I just don't have time. It's not always the case. It's how I'm using my time. So I want to encourage you. If you want to grow, it may require making some adjustments to make better use of your time. If you want to grow, it may require a little bit of discipline to do the right things you need to do. But you have the time. And I am so excited today that not only do you have the time, but again, better than ever, we are providing the way. Not a magical solution, but a path that you can follow and a process that can help you become everything God wants you to be. I want you to stand, please. I, I've made some statements already in the past in different settings. But you, a little while ago, confirmed what I have said many times. Because I genuinely believe as the pastor of this congregation, I, genuine, I genuinely believe the response to the question I asked a few moments ago about how many of you are hungry to grow. There may have been, but I, didn't, I actually didn't notice anybody that didn't have a hand up. There may have been someone that you didn't, but I didn't notice it. And I have believed for a long time that the problem or the issue was not hunger. The issue is how. How do I do that? And again, bigger picture than just that slide or those cards or this process. Bigger picture is, I believe, we are demonstrating to God as well. We're not just trying to talk a good talk. Inside of the life course catalogs that are available at the doors, there is a schedule for classes that are going to be starting up at the end of this month. Again, I don't have time to give you all the details, but what I need you to understand is we are not presenting to you this morning something that hopefully by the end of this year we're going to be doing. It's it's starting. It's today it's starting. It's beginning today. That's why the goal and that's why some of the frust very some of the frustration on my part of those books not being here because today is the beginning you'll hear a few more things tonight that that let you know so this is not something that's in the works we it we it's this today is launched today is go and i, I that's important because and i i'm just i'm going to be i try to be transparent and real and honest there are, i i am well aware you hear me if you if you think I, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put it out there. I know, I am well aware we have promoted or started things before. But one of the problems with some of those things we started before was we really weren't prepared to start. <laughs> we really didn't have the full plan or enough of a plan in place to sustain. But we're we're ready to go. And I believe that a whole bunch of you, in fact, again, I, I've heard it from a bunch of leaders, either in person or text message or email, a bunch of the leaders of this congregation are hungry and ready to go. And I believe there's a bunch of you here this morning that are the same way. So 
I'm not going to give an altar call this morning. Again, in just a moment, there's these two tables are going to be moved out. There's going to be people on each side. Not only is there merchandise in the back, but also the the catalogs for um, life courses and the, the the lineup of classes. The classes are going to be starting uh, the last Thursday, I believe. I think classes are starting the last Thursday of February 27th. Um, there will be sign-up sheets and things available for those starting next Sunday. Um, so, again, I'm encouraging you that I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just being realistic and honest. I know at times there's an attitude of, well, we've heard it before. But everybody do this. We're jumping. All in to the deep end. We're not dabbling. We're jumping. And I think it would be awesome figuratively, I don't mean it right now, I'm not going to do it literally, but I think it would be awesome if every one of us on the count of three just decided we're all jumping at the same time together. Because like a newborn babe desires milk, I desire what God has for me. I want to grow into full maturity in my walk with God. Lord Jesus, I thank you for every person that's here today. I thank you for many that are here today that are a part of this congregation, this church. And God, I believe that you have placed within all of us a hunger and desire. And I believe, God, that I am amongst people today that want to be and do what you want them to do. They, they want to grow and become all that you have. So God, I'm asking you to help us as a church. I'm asking you to help us more than ever before to do our part that we may grow. It's one thing, God, for us to say that we want to grow. It's one thing to say the words, but it's another thing to demonstrate by our action, not only individually, but it's another thing for us as a church to demonstrate that we want to grow by taking the steps and providing the means to do that. I pray, God, for every person in this place today that the hunger that you've already put them in them to grow in you would not be satisfied, but it would only be increased as they do continue to grow. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, praise God. So one more time encourage you to stop by one of these tables in addition to some of the things that are there to just look at there are some resources or some things for you to take for your benefit life course catalogs are at the doors classes for this discipleship development that we're talking about are in those catalogs and there's all kinds of great merchandise available in the back and again you can register for the life courses this morning